A question I often get is, what can the laity do to meet our obligation to financially support our parishes and church in these times, when giving money to the parish and the diocese may not be the best idea? What can the laity do to meet our obligation to support the work of the church financially? In an era when Peter's Pence and diocesan funds of all sorts are going to many causes that blatantly conflict with our values, it's a real concern people have. We know that we have a duty to support the work of the church, but what happens when there's a moral question involved? Thankfully, there are other ways to meet that obligation, and from time to time I'm going to give you some ideas on how to do that, and today I intend to go over one such way that I've been meaning to bring to your attention for some time, because as Catholics we have numerous duties, including to act in charity to those who need both a material and spiritual support, and we have a duty to support the work of the church. So I'm going to tell you a story to illustrate what you can do. Suppose you see a report that a public figure of some kind, be it an actor, a politician, an athlete, or some other well-known figure, has taken ill and has passed away. But that figure has been a lapsed Catholic, who it was reported in the final weeks and months had a priest with them, and in their last moments, the priest heard the person's confession, gave them viaticum and, and extreme unction, and did all the things that would be done for someone who is in good standing with the church in that position. There are a couple of things you can you can often assume. One, that a person who lived a life like that had reverted, either out of fear or grace, had few, if any, people near them who would pray for the repose of their soul, including the offering of Mass as said for them. And two, as a Catholic, it might be safe to say that purgatory awaits. Safe, but of course, God only knows their destination. So what's the point of this? You as a Catholic can not only have a Mass said for them, which by itself is a great work of mercy and charity, you can have what are called Gregorian Masses said for that soul in purgatory. Many Catholics have never heard of what a Gregorian Mass, and you might not know what it is either, so I'm going to go over that for you today. But first, how does this help you with your dilemma about supporting financially the Church, which the Church says we are bound by duty to do? It's rather simple. Having Masses said typically comes with a recommended donation, that goes to the priest saying the Mass. It's a little-known fact that the typical priest makes very little money for you know what they do, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But those donations usually go to the priest. What he does with them, I don't know. It's his business, but it should not be a cause for scandal. The point is that it does not go to the diocese to be used for the work of Catholic Relief Services and their programs that promote things that conflict with our values. Having a Mass said can come with a recommended donation of anywhere from 10 to $20 per Mass, so it isn't cheap when you're talking about a large number of them, but then again, Catholics are, I hate to say it, notorious for our lack of tithing to anything near the recommended amount. That having been said, some priests may say them for free. If the cost is something you bristle at, remember that there are priests who pay for the expensive candles, hosts, cleaning of all the linens and things, and the material costs of saying a Mass out of their own pocket. This, at the very least, helps reimburse the cost for that. And, to be honest, the priest may opt to use some of the funds for the support of parish operations in these lean times. The point is that the money won't go to the diocesan offices. Now, if there's a priest watching this and I'm wrong about that, feel free to correct it in the comments. So, what is a Gregorian Mass? It is an ancient practice of the Church, going back to the, to the era of the late Church Fathers, specifically to the reign of Pope St. Gregory the Great, from 540 to 604 AD. According to the legend, a deceased monk appeared and requested 30 Masses to be celebrated for the release of his soul from purgatory. 
On completion of the stipulated days, he appeared once more radiant in heavenly glory. From this legend, the practice of celebrating 30 consecutive masses for one and the same person with the intention of procuring release from purgatory became an established custom, which has been regulated in various ways over the centuries. In the account of this that I read, they called it a legend. Don't necessarily take it to be a legend. I mean, Pope St. Gregory the Great is a doctor of the church. Anyway, present regulation stems from a declaration published by the Sacred Congregation of Divine Worship, on the 24th of February, 1967, according to the aforementioned declaration, maintaining the tradition that Gregorian Mass is a series of 30 consecutive celebrations, it is not required that the same priest celebrate all the Masses, nor that they be celebrated on the same altar. Thus, if a priest who has accepted the obligation of celebrated the series finds himself impeded on any particular day, he may request another priest to take the intention for him. Likewise, it could happen that the priest cannot find a substitute, and the series is interrupted because of an unenforced impediment. For instance, say something something comes up for the priest that has to take him from his diocese temporarily, or for a reasonable cause, say the celebration of a wedding. In this case, the church has disposed that the church in, that the fruits in purgatory, which till moment till that moment the church practice and the piety of the faithful have attributed, are maintained. The priest retains the obligation to complete the thirty masses as soon as possible, but need not begin anew. Gregorian masses can be said in any form of the liturgy, including the Novus Ordo Missae. However, I'd recommend going to a traditionalist priestly fraternity or monastic order for the masses, as they will follow the pre-1967 regulations, which are tighter, including that the masses will be said by the same priest in an uninterrupted manner daily for 30 consecutive days. And they'll do it in the traditional form of the liturgy. Now, you do not need to be present for these masses. As far as I'm aware, you do not even need to live near the priest who is saying them. Some will object, saying that this is mere superstition or magical thinking. I do not believe that this pious custom induces superstition reflects magical thinking. It presumes that the soul is in purgatory and thus recognizes the reality that few people are immediately ready for heaven after passing. It is also an act of faith and confidence in the infinite intercessory power of the Mass with respect to souls undergoing purgation. As such, the request for such a series of masses is a spiritual act of mercy, akin to obtaining plenary indulgences on behalf of the deceased. Plus, for us as believers on earth, it helps to combat one of the most pernicious abuses of our times, that of the canonization of the recently departed at the Requiem Mass, which, by the way, is also why I would avoid, if possible, the Novus Ordo Missae for this, as that abuse is not something you'll see from a traditional priestly fraternity, and it is a very widespread abuse. You might have an easier time finding a Gregorian Mass said from traditional priests. That all having been said, logistically, Gregorian Masses are rarely celebrated in parish settings, and this is not because of special rites, but because a parish priest would find it very difficult to dedicate 30 days of Masses for a single intention, especially when many parishioners request Masses. Therefore, Gregorian Masses are usually celebrated in monasteries, seminaries, and priestly houses of study in other similar locales with priests in residence with relatively few pastoral commitments. These are usually the only ones who can take upon themselves the commitment to celebrate 30 consecutive Masses for the same departed person. You may not know where there is a monastery near you, but the internet makes that search relatively quick and painless. There are a lot more of them around than you might think. But I do have a couple of places you can contact. In Oklahoma is the Benedictine community of Clear Creek Abbey, the most famous traditional Benedictines whose grounds are a place many travel to for retreats, and many people have tried to form a community near the monks to have access to the traditional faith. Don't worry, the monks have no status issue with Rome or anything, and are generally men seeking holiness. 
Another option for those who are interested in things related to EWTN are the Missionaries of the Holy Family. You can get the specific information about them from their website, which I have linked in the show notes on returntotradition.org. Their website says that a priest from their group will say the Masses, and your donation aids in their pastoral mission. The need for this occurred to me some time ago when I saw a rock singer who had been raised Catholic and is often the case for the famous who live that sort of lifestyle, left the faith in his adult and public life, only to take seriously ill late in life, and he reverted to back to the faith in his final months. All reports were that he passed with the priest who had reconciled him to the church at his bedside. He was given viaticum, extreme unction, and the rest of what is typical for people in their final hours. I've actually had Masses said for him, but not Gregorian Masses, which I am considering doing. I also have family members who probably need it, as they ended their life and the graces of the church. There are no shortage of people who need the help, and that's part of why I'm you know, in a conundrum of where to start, and you would be doing a great work of mercy for them and gaining merit for yourself in so doing. I hope you found this helpful. We are called as Catholics to support the work of the church, but many of our prelates make us not want to do this, and for rather obvious reasons. So, with that, I hope you consider having some of these masses said. Like I said, diocesan priests may have a difficult time with this, since they are typically very busy with pastoral duties, and can't typically dedicate all of the masses for a month to the same person. But there are plenty of monasteries out there with priests who should be able to help. Please consider it as an option. If you want, I can look into other options as well. Let me know your thoughts on this, and please pray for the church, and pray that our prelates will act in such a way that this question is not something we need to wrestle with in the future. Thanks for listening. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.